MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Popcorn Book Club. I am Dana Schwartz, joined, as always, by Jennifer Wright, Tian Tran, Melissa Hunter, and Karamadankwa. And this week's episode, we have some sad news. I was going to say bittersweet, but I think it's just bitter. This is our last episode that we're, we'll be recording as a group. Maybe just temporarily. Who knows if we'll ever be reunited as a gang in the future. But the good news is that all of us are uh, active creators and making things uh, and so you definitely can can keep hearing us and and seeing us and seeing things that we've made uh, together from now on. Uh, so before we before we dive into this episode, which we'll just be ta- talking in general about adaptations, uh, let's go around. Jennifer, where can the good people find you if they want to read more stuff from you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jen Ashley Wright, or you can find me on the internet at jenashleywright.com. And um, I have a book coming out this spring called She Kills Me about female assassins and serial killers through history. So it is a very fun and bloody good time. That sounds delightful. Tian, what about you? Um, You can find me uh, only on Instagram at Hank Tina. You can see some of my stand up on Comedy Central Digital and I'll just if you follow me, I'll just be making silly vids every now and then and. That's it. I love them. I'm a fan. <laughs> Thank you. Love a silly vid. Uh, Mel- <laughs> Melissa, Melissa, plug your plug your stuff. Plug your handles. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Melissa Hunter. You can find me on Twitter at Hi Melissa Hunter because <laughs> Melissa Hunter is too common. Um, and otherwise, I'm just you know working on TV shows and movies and you if you want to watch Adult Wednesday Adams that's a thing that I yes, made a little while it. ago that people like watch it watch it's great it. yeah and that's about it uh Karama how about you 
uh, I'm still floored by the fact that I didn't realize Melissa changed her Twitter handle. Like I, did. I just was there and I didn't see it happen. You know, what Mel- was it before? It was Melissa, Melissa FTW. It just felt a little 2009, which is when I made it. Like no one knew what <laughs> FTW meant anymore. Uh, and then I changed it and then they took away my verification because I changed my handle. Oh, so no. did you get it? Did you get it back? Did you get it back? No, I haven't gotten it back. I don't know how. Wow. How do okay, we know people, that this write is a letter. Yeah. Write a letter about the fact that Melissa is no longer yes. verified. Also, write a letter about the fact that I have never been verified at Karamadrama, in case you were wondering. That sounds like a verified name, name to me. Yeah, that's a good name. That verify that shit. Uh, well, for me, my name was also taken everywhere. So I am Dana Schwartz with three Zs. And then my website is danishwartz.com.com, but the first one is is spelled out, D-O-T-C-O-M. I thought it was cute, and then I realized it took, like, an extra sentence to explain to people. Mm. But, uh, yeah, but if you want me talking uh, more podcasts, I have a podcast called Noble Blood where I talk about history. Listen to that. Uh, yeah. That's that's fun. Uh, it's very different from this, but with all of that out of the way— uh, I just want to say it's been such a pleasure getting to know you all so much better in quarantine and having this to look forward to to talk about books because we've done this all entirely virtually. Yes. Yeah. I, we were talking about w- whether virtual works for like Dana and I were in a writer's room together and whether a writer's room could work. And it's like, oh, yeah, but you don't get to become friends with those people. And then I realized I became friends with Jennifer, Tian and Krama all on Zoom I in this know. podcast. And I feel very grateful for that. It feels amazing that we have never met in real life. Or I know, that I've, I've I never I held your pretty faces in my hands. <laughs> One day. Yes. Because <laughs> that's what happen. friendship is. It's holding and each other's faces in, in your it. hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just want to cough directly into your mouth. <laughs> Making uh, hand barriers. I also think it's so special that, like, it, it was very, in, you know, speaking personally but for me our very first recording it was like instant chemistry between mm-hmm. all of us like it felt so easy and so fun so dana applause to you for putting this group of women yeah. together yeah you're a real matchmaker you really calls all around I, I feel like my criteria was uh nice people who i like who are easy and fun to talk to <laughs> And here you all are. And it worked out. It worked out wonderfully. (laughs) I only like you. Should have thrown in one person who you hated. (laughs) (laughs) Just to to make it a little tense, to have like a little drama. Well, it's like that. uh, It's like that episode of I Love New York, where New York is like. I got bored, so I ruined lunch intentionally. Like, <laughs> what a toss reference. A little, <laughs> toss a little flavor in there with just like something crazy, just for fun. One thing that I was reflecting on that I'm really grateful for, and I hope listeners who have followed along are as well, is like, I didn't have any motivation at the beginning of the quarantine to do anything, let alone mm-hmm. read books very regularly. I was just, you know, doom scrolling and all of that. And I think having this to come back to week after week and reading with a group of people who I really connect with. I I honestly can't believe, what did we read? Seven books? Yeah. That's a lot of books Whoa, for me in, in like six months. <laughs> that's that way more. I think I would have read probably one if I'm being honest throughout the quarantine. So I'm very grateful for that. And I think, I hope the listeners have been too. I feel the exact same way. It, like, got me back into... I go through, like, reading phases, and mm-hmm. it, like, got me back into a phase of reading. Like, I was, like, getting and getting through books. Like, I was in a bad habit of just, like, giving not up. finishing books. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
having to power through because we had a group to be accountable meant that like sometimes I really liked a book that I would have given up on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's okay to give up anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I do not go through reading aces and all I did during quarantine was read like a few books every week. So, um, but <laughs> what I never get to do is talk about books in depth with people who have also read them at the same time. And it, it was so lovely to be reading and thinking not just I enjoy this part, but like, oh boy, I can't wait to hear what Melissa is going to say about this part or... I'm so glad everybody else in book club also has a lot of questions about Wally Lamb's book <laughs> and indeed his entire life. <laughs> Jennifer, are you are you off Twitter? How do you have the time and energy to do that? Yes, um, she re- doesn't have Twitter on you. you is don't that, have Twitter, I don't have Twitter on my phone? Um, yeah. Not having Twitter on my phone is the best thing you can do for your sanity. Are you not on your computer all day, though? No. Um, no, I, um, I used to go out to lunch every day and I would just sit for an hour and read a book over lunch. So, um, not like someplace special. You can do it at Chipotle or a diner, which is what I like to do. But, um, yeah, so, you know, now I sit and have lunch at home and I still just read a book over lunch. That's so You're sweet. so good at routine. How do you know, do I'm it? very good at routine. <laughs> my routine is wake up, scroll on my phone for an hour in bed then scroll for the rest of the day on my computer, on my couch. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we have the same... Yeah. I don't don't relate to that at all. I don't know. I am lucky enough to to be able to throw in, bother my mom into that routine. (laughs) I just, like, stroll over to her room and I'm like, hey, mom. Hey, mom. Like, (laughs) is the plural of Branzino Branzini? (laughs) Is it? Is it? it? I don't know. She doesn't know. She looks at me like, wrong with you it's italian it feels like it should be yeah um well speaking of italian and that to segue to i know this much is true we read uh, a bunch of books that i'm going to recite and i want to know if anyone has like standout favorites we read normal people i know this much is true lovecraft country the hate you give brave new world rebecca and v for vendetta seven full books any standout favorites Oof. Wait, so That's just tough. to clarify, just to ask a Branzino Branzini question for clarity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you want to know which book was our favorite, which yeah. adaptation was our favorite, or which overall book and film slash screen adaptation yeah, was favorite? Full experience. I guess I guess it's an open, open question. You can you can be specific. To so your, like my to mother, your you're giving me no answers here. Yeah. Also, yeah. It's let I, your heart guide you. I think my, the favorite book that I read, and Chrome is going to hate this, is Rebecca. <laughs> I really felt like it, there was something about it. It was one of those books where once I got, it took me a little bit to get into, but once I got into her world, I I just kept looking forward to the time when I got to go back to it. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what you love in a book, you know, um, or that's what I love when I get into a book. Um, mm. And I really even though you know there were weird parts in it and the ending is frustrating it feels like there's I don't know something about the way that was written and it was a book it was one of those books that I would have given up on had it not been for this book club so I'm that's what I'm grateful for I think my two favorites would be uh Rebecca and also Lovecraft Country Mm -hmm. the book yeah I didn't love the adaptation Mm -hmm. for I thought it was maybe a little too like sci-fi horror for me like I, I don't love like blood and gore 
Um, but the book wasn't quite as much, and I, I really liked reading it. I loved I loved Lovecraft Country, and I, I enjoyed the adaptation just because, like, seeing all those actors on screen is just a delight, and seeing all those, like, it was just so great to see all of them. And my favorite adaptation was the Rebecca Netflix one because I absolutely loved tearing it to shreds like <laughs> so that much fun. was so fun was I loved blast. that so much what a blast like that's the thing I love about our book club like throughout the pandemic we're all doing the same thing so like when I jump on phone calls with my friends and they're like what are you what are you up to what are you doing I'm like the same thing but book club to me was like my opportunity to gossip like it was <laughs> my, yeah. my like gossip cathartic like talk about talk some shit on like bad yellow suits and like oh, that's <laughs> we got to gossip yeah. we got to gossip about fictional characters I know and yeah. I, it's the stakes are so low in that you don't hurt anyone's feelings really yeah it's kind it's kind it's gossip. kind gossip you're so mm-hmm. right it is it's yeah. generous kind gossip yeah. you get to judge people who don't, don't exist i feel like that's a little generous of y'all to say it's generous gossip i think that it's just like a primarily victimless crime if you're gossiping about <laughs> yeah. fake people yeah um mm-hmm. yeah my favorite my okay so i'm gonna do my sort of oh that that doesn't surprise me favorite and then my Huh, I didn't expect that favorite. Mm. So my unsurprising favorite was The Hate You Give. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that book. I'm glad I yeah. finally got the opportunity to read it because I've been saying, I should read this book. I should read this book. And I really enjoyed talking with Angie Thomas. I thought she yeah. was incredible. Oh, that was oh. awesome. She was so and great. what a gift that we got to spend that time with her mm-hmm. and got to hear from her directly. And then my... I'm like, what a cool, normal, smart person she was. Right. So, yeah, yeah. No, yes. she was a very cool, normal, smart person. And uh, my surprise favorite was, I know this much is true. Like, <laughs> what? <Really>? Honestly. <laughs> Go the on. End, the end was not perfect uh, in terms of no. he joined. Oh, you loved the... that you got that casino money. You I did not love that he got the casino <laughs> money. But I it. also will say, I love that I predicted that he was a white presenting person with a father that was a person of color. You did. And you guys were like, really? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I just felt it through the page. I was like, mm, I see you. You you're with me. No. I see you. And then I was right. <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed the crafting of that story and watching how like he was building this story with all these like little minute details mm. that I was like, oh well, that's a dumb thing. Why do you include that? And then a hundred pages later, I was like, oh shit. That was so important that they were like on different days. Four hundred pages later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I really agree with you in the, in the sense that like reading a book that's like a thousand plus pages, you like get really attached to living in it. And there, there is like a a craft involved Mm. in like building that world. And like, even though I didn't always agree with like the plot decisions, I thought it was like a really readable book and it was like, it was really fun and like, you know, solving the mysteries and then like going back to Italy and, and hearing the stories. Like I did have fun reading that. It was it was an adventure. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm totally along for this ride with the guy who maybe had sex with his monkey. And, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I forgot was about wild that. I still don't so think he had sex it. with He them. did, Jen. He did. I think he might I think have. He, I think he just loved it like a good pet. No. no did you guys see, did you guys watch the Netflix documentary, My Octopus Teacher? Yes. No. no. Was he... 
Did he fuck that octopus? I mean, there was definitely. Did that octopus touch his penis? Maybe, or or after it was like some, you know, it, it helped him later, you know, when he's alone. The thought he of the octopus. He just seemed to really love the octopus <laughs> in a way that, like, though. it was great, but I, I have not seen he, this, and now I will not see it because I, I want it. no part of it's this. Very, no, it's very good. It's I really think. good, and there's nothing he does that's inappropriate. I just am like, you really love this octopus, and he really, really loves this octopus. Yeah. He there does. are a lot of different ways to show love. Yeah. Indeed. There are. <laughs> and just to be clear, Jen, none of us are saying that we agree with you. That guy definitely hooked up with the monkey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the monkey so. was I, I the monkey. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have sex, but the monkey touched his penis, yeah. and he kind of made it. Do I, yeah. yeah. That could just happen. It could just have been an accident. The yeah. one wasn't in the book. It was like a little whoopsie. Yeah. That was intentionally in the book for a reason. It was just an uncomfortable moment. Yeah. He was like, mm-hmm. it was an accident. He dressed his penis up like a banana. It looked completely unintentional. <laughs> Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jennifer, did your favorite favorite might have been V for Vendetta. Um, I love that adaptation. I so rarely read graphic novels. It's one that I remember loving as a teenager, and it was so nice to revisit it now. Uh, Frankly, after Trump did not win Mm re-election, so Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a little bit too grim to read it if Trump had been re-elected. So reading it, knowing that we are heading into um, not Trump being president makes it a lot more palatable. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I really did enjoy V for Vendetta. I would say my favorite adaptation was Normal People. I feel mm-hmm. like I I was so surprised, just so surprised by how good it was. Because you feel like in that kind of story that is so internal, like, and everything is so unsaid, that it's like, there's no way, this is either going to turn into, like, a really obnoxious teen soap or it's going to be really boring. And it was neither. It was really just so beautifully done. That was the only one I did not watch, but I did I did purchase a gold chain. I know that that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it, but got the chain. You can still watch it, though. Uh, I, I would say I thought that sometimes, like, I was watching it on Hulu. And like sometimes I couldn't tell when they came back from the car commercial. Yeah, you can say that in the episode. I I said that. That's that was my full sense of it. Like I did like it, but the tone to me was a little sleepy. Mm. I'm still a little salty that it was not a period piece of the early 2000s. Yeah, I I didn't love it. I was just impressed by it. I think Mm. I I definitely slept through half of it. It was early Mm. quarantine. It was like this is a nice nap show. Which I like I, in that I show. Think, what I a think ringing my, endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> it's soothing. You, you get wrapped in like a weighted blanket of a that. show. I just mm-hmm. got a weighted blanket. Oh. oh yeah, I, I never need a partner one. ever again. Like it? Is it? Yeah, oh, I love it's, it. They're really good. They're really good for naps. Okay. Maybe I need one. I think my favorite adaptation was V for Vendetta. Because like turning, I think they plucked the right stuff and they made it like a more cohesive story like you have to make changes turning Alan anything Moore into like a two-hour shaking. movie let him shake they did a good job they, they made it. it emotionally affecting and they pulled out like i thought the main message to make it an effective two-hour film yes and i think some of the parts that they got rid of like the computer being in love with the <laughs> chancellor were okay parts to get rid of <laughs> and some of like the weird stuff with women that i didn't love mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. the satisfying ending that we wanted to see yeah, like that's true loved that adaptation yeah any regrets for stuff that we didn't get to yes um i am so sad that we didn't get to finish fingersmith because I I love it already. And um, just watch The Handmaiden if you haven't seen it. It's just so worth watching. It's so beautiful. It's um, it's a truly spectacular adaptation. Oh, yeah. I'm finished. I'm definitely doing this whole round as if we have a podcast episodes yeah. on it. And then I'm going to watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just reading it. I- I'm really enjoying it. 
Advanced. I had like so many ideas. I was like, ooh, during the summer, we should do summer blockbusters. So like we should do Jurassic <laughs> Park. Yeah. Was, like, some, yeah. It would have been fun. It yes, been fun. it would have been fun. And also holes. I will not I can't stop believe talking. we didn't do holes. Yeah. It's a great holes. adaptation. Genuinely a great adaptation, I think. If you I, haven't read holes, you should read it. Mm-hmm. Eartha Kitt is in the movie. Is yes, it? she is. She, yeah. yeah. Okay. Eartha right. Kitt, that... Shia LaBeouf, uh, Sigourney Weaver, John Voight. Oh, That's an whoa. amazing cast. Yeah. Oh, uh, the guy Pendleton. Pen- is it Pendleton? The guy who played Mirror Face in Watchmen? I don't oh. know who that is. Yes. You know uh, who I'm talking about? Who do you play in Holes? <laughs> uh, they're, they're troop leader. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a sniveling jerk face. Yeah, he sort of I mean, it's a child that. prison. It's child prison. Yeah. It's not I, fun place. I, I was really looking forward to our idea of reading Emma and watching Emma, Emma, and Clueless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love I've Clueless. I've seen all I'm of sad. them, and I've seen Clueless 10,000 times, but... I haven't read Emma since I was like 11 and thought it was like, I'm smart. I'm reading Emma. I mean, you should still do it. I mean, I might. I, I actually also might. Have you seen the most recent one? Yeah. No, I liked it. I've it's seen fun. zero Emmas I really and I've it. read zero Emmas. You haven't seen Clueless? No, I've seen zero Emmas. Please, I've oh. seen Clueless. <laughs> I, was I, I actually for a second. I got very upset because my therapist told me she had never seen Clueless, and I was like, I don't know if I can continue to see you. <laughs> you have to end the relationship. <laughs> it was a while ago. I've moved through it. I have a oh, heard that Clueless is available to watch on Netflix a couple of times, <laughs> but she'll get to it when she gets to it. And that's me growing. Jeremy, my fiance, had not seen Clueless and at the beginning of our relationship I made him watch it and I feel like I made it really unenjoyable for him because it was one of those things where I was just like staring at him staring at the movie while every joke landed and like mouthing every word Uh, so it wasn't exactly the experience he probably wanted but I made Ian my like I guess this is also an adaptation I made Ian watch Paddington and then we watch uh, both Paddingtons in a row. Because I love Paddington. Very sweet. Are they yeah. sweet? I've only yeah, seen they're very so good. I that Paddington 2 is a masterpiece. Yeah, Paddington 2 is great. Hugh Grant truly in his finest role. What? Yep. 100%. They're both amazing. Tian, have you not? Tien. Are you, are you no. on the wrong side of the internet if you're not hearing good stuff about Paddington? She's Go watch Twitter. Paddington 1 and then That's Paddington 2. That was a joke. I thought everyone was no. it's for real. It's very so, good. No, people love Paddington. This is the best time of year. Yeah. It's cozy. It's, it's a joy. Okay, okay. It's like a, you know the term, hig, is it higgy? Higgy. Higgy. Yeah. Yeah. Hig, it's like it's a hygge. It's a hygge? Okay. It's a very H-Y-G-G-E. movie. It's pronounced hygge. Hygge. It's a very hygge movie. Meaning cozy. it's cozy, it makes ah. you feel good. It's like and a like Scandinavian thing. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. I was going to say, I, but yes. That's, yeah. It's like I was gonna slippers say that that's and, what a, it like. and a nubby sweater and a big cup of tea in a movie. Hmm. I'll do that. I swear to God, Tin, watch Paddington and then and then text back. Okay, it's, it's an hour and a half to of your life. I have not seen Paddington either, but I have heard only good things about Paddington. Okay, well, watch Paddington. Okay, I'm I'm, wa- this I'm true. I am truly blown away by this. <laughs> I have to look. I just didn't know that we felt strongly about live action. What what are those movies look, called? CGI. The, but it, they're not CGI. They're all people except Paddington. Paddington is made of what? Computers. I don't feel strongly about CGI animals. I feel strongly about Paddington. I I promise I 
do not care for baby movies. Um, normally, I would not care baby about movies. a CGI bear um, because this movie is clearly for babies. I saw it on a plane. <laughs> I loved it. I will watch it anytime it is on television. Wow. It has a 98%. I'm blown People away. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. It's People just like, it. it knows what it is and it does it really well. Okay. It's like as high rated as Parasite on Run. <laughs> something, something I've enjoyed uh, about this experience was getting to know all of you, especially Jennifer, because you are one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. Just what you said about baby movies just now reminded me that you were not allowed to watch animated films as a child, so you only watched Turner Classic movies. Yeah, and now, you know, as we think about having a child, we have to think about whether or not um, we will incorporate baby movies into their lifestyle. Just so. the criteria and collection. Baby Stop movies. Baby movies. <laughs> They're for baby babies, Melissa. <laughs> okay, but like The Lion King is Hamlet, so excuse you. That's that's a good point. That's There's true. a difference between baby movies and family movies or yeah. children's movies. Movies that don't have like <laughs> swear words in imply it. It's just yeah, like, like baby Einstein or whatever, just like shapes on a screen. <laughs> also, a baby wouldn't understand Paddington. Yeah, yes, and like would. you think about Coco dancing around on the screen. Are the pic? Are, do you not watch Pixar movies? I have seen. I, I've seen Up. Um, which is have, heartbreaking. Have you seen Have you seen Ratatouille? No, I haven't I've, seen Ratatouille actually because um, I don't like rodents. Ratatouille. Yeah, <laughs> I made I made Ian watch Ratatouille because he had never seen it, and it's like maybe my favorite Pixar movie. Oh, Does he also it. not like rodents? Because that's my solid reason for not watching it. Yeah, it like, makes mm. you like the rodent. I don't think you it know, will. I think it will. <laughs> I think it. I think it will. By the end of it, will I think that they should run a restaurant? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That's <laughs> yes. Give yes. it a chance. Also, Co- Coco. If you wanna, oh, watch I saw Coco. And then I saw Coco. Coco is beautiful. If you wanna yeah, weep yeah. for a while, I haven't wanted to. Cry. I remember seeing it in the theater, and I needed to like <laughs> the whole credits to recover, and I was still crying at the end. Should we start another podcast <laughs> where we talk about movies we like? Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to start a podcast that's just talking to Jen about baby movies, baby movies? that she's never <laughs> seen movies. before. It should just be called Baby Movies. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think we have another podcast right here. I think, well, the, I think we should just call Isaac Hart Radio. Radio. <laughs> Isaac Hart. Uh, the hardest I ever cried in a Pixar movie. Has everyone seen Moana or can I spoil it? No. Yeah. Don't yeah. spoil yeah. it. I'm actually not going to. No, okay. I, actually I will not it. spoil it. Okay. No spoilers. But, but I know when you cried. The, the climactic mm-hmm. song. Uh, when everyone is sailing together. That doesn't spoil anything. Including her grandma. I cried Harder than the I've ever cried. Everything we're talking about. She doesn't know without know context, context. It means nothing. Right. I mean, surprise. Halfway through the movie, ending. she's going to be like, "Wait a second. Don't ruin <laughs> it for me." Okay. So yeah, whatever. I but seen that it yet. I just that scene been to cry. Yeah. makes me weep like a like a like yeah like I'm should be. That's not the scene I thought you were talking about. But oh, on yeah. camera, we'll talk mm-hmm. about the yeah. thing. Okay. I have a lot of I, it's like happy. It's happy like happy cry. Happy tears. Oh, okay. I'll, I mean, I'll watch it. I Paddington really, 2 is also happy tears. Yeah, I think Coco to make, is just tears, He's just trying tears. to make us watch baby movies and yeah, cry. Yeah, baby movies <laughs> incorporated. This yeah. is the thing. We need to do this. <laughs> uh, do we, is Boss Baby part of the baby No, no Boss Baby is no. not a baby movie. That is no. a capitalist nightmare. It seems like a, a bad movie. premise. Did you know there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a girl boss baby coming up? 
No. Is it called hashtag girl boss baby? No, girl, is it called girl like boss it baby? Should oh, be it called, should be called. That's what I'm calling it, girl yeah. boss baby. Oh, what is it really called? I don't like it. I don't know. There's Probably just boss a, baby a lady three. baby two in it. Okay, that's what it should be called. <laughs> like, lady <laughs> baby two. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I'd watch the hell out of Lady Baby. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So... Uh, away from like the book side and more to the movie side, does anyone have like a favorite adaptation? Because I was thinking mm. like there's very few like book movies that are better than the book. And I would say I think Fight Club, the movie is better than the book. And then sticking with uh, I think American Psycho, the movie is better than the mm-hmm. book. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I think because, well, because it's a female, female, director. female director. Female director. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say in the David Fincher zone, I think Gone Girl and the movie Gone Girl are exactly equal. They just they oh, keep it. Is it like exactly. book is a lot better? Um, I would rather read the book Gone Girl because I, I think so much of that is about getting inside that character's head. Head, and it's just a little bit easier to do when you're reading her diaries. They give you the voiceover though. That's like 
I mean, you don't get like the magic trick of the book, which is amazing, but I think they did as good of an adaptation as is possible to not be a book. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. I haven't <laughs> read Gone Girl. Yeah, no, I didn't I, read Gone Girl well, either. So here's, oh, I my, like here's my Gone Girl thing. I bought the audiobook Gone Girl to listen to when I was going to sleep, which is not a good idea. No. Yeah. Well, it's scary. Yeah, it gets a little hairy there. Don't do that. Well, little spooky. Odd opinion on Gone Girl, but something I feel very strongly about. I think she should have just stayed with Neil Patrick Harris. He had a really nice house. He seemed to love her very much. Oh my God, he Jen. He wanted to travel and Jen, play Scrabble. Is, I love Jen, Scrabble. Jen, 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 you led with he had a really nice house. That's he not did. a reason he to did. stay it's with just, someone. It's a thing. It was very nice, and he wanted to travel to Greece and but eat he was octopus also, and play Scrabble, which was but, very specific, but all really nice things. Those were no, nice he to was, do. He was really controlling of her weight and her hair, and he need, wanted her to like be thin. <laughs> well, to be fair, okay. she dyed it an insane color. No, like, but he was I like, think it was reasonable that he was like, it seems like you went through some stuff. Oh. Here are some nice clothes. No, I would interject with something else to move away from this. So some. Something that I have a strong opinion on in a book to movie adaptation is that the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants truly should have been four separate movies, not two oh. movies. And they really oh. messed up the trajectory yes. of those characters by trying to jam the three sequels into one movie. Yes. Ooh. An opinion. How do you feel about the, the actors for each character? Uh, so I think that yes for B, for Bridget, um, uh, what's your face? Plantation wedding. So um, Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Thank you. Uh, Blake Lively was a good casting for that. America Ferrera was great casting. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Amber Tamlin. I feel like medium about Amber Tamlin as Tibby. And I also feel kind of medium about Alexis Bledel as Lena, but I also oh, I feel like, like Lena her. was like kind of a boring like Lena was a boring character to me. I was always character. very Carmen and Bridget heavy. Mm-hmm. I think but that like surprises no one. But <laughs> no, she's sort doesn't. of perfect for Lena because Lena is supposed to be like just so pretty and boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's very pretty and kind of boring. Oh, and Costos, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Costos. <laughs> I mean, God, I, I feel remember. boring because I just said it, but I think the best adaptation of any book I've ever read is Clueless. Like, I just think it's one of the best movies of all time. And I think Clueless I, is an amazing film. And no, it's, no, it's such a smart way to bring, I feel like there's been a lot of attempts at like modernizing classics, like so much Shakespeare, and it just feels like always so hack. And this was just felt like such a true uh, way to kind of take that status and materialism of like Victorian England and make it into modern Beverly Hills. I love it. That's another theme we could have done Shakespeare adaptations. She's the man. 10 Things I Hate About You. She's the man. Can I do a, a hot take that's sort of a weird choice? Yeah. Yes. I think one of the best adaptations where the b- movie is so much better than the book is Hunger Games Part 2, Catching Fire. Oh, oh wow. yeah. I agree with that. I, I don't think, think that's the, a hot take. Okay, well, yeah, the Hunger, books, but it was, the was Hunger Games movie. books, the first one's really good. The first book and is then I incre- think that Catching Fire is the best book of the series, and I also think Catching Fire is the best film of the series, but I do agree that the film version is better than the book version. I think that there's a, a step down from the first book to Catching Fire. But That's then, a hot then take. It, <laughs> and not a huge step, but just I like the first one better. And then I like it sort the first of steps one down. Too. Yeah. And then I think the next one is bad. 
Um, but the movies, I think the first one is is good, and then the second one is great, and then they fall off a cliff. God, I saw a really funny this. TikTok uh, about how <laughs> the Hunger Games uh, Part 2, Catching Fire, is a real, like, poke fun at pro-life people thing because they get really upset that they're going to send... Uh, can I spoil? Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. I spoil it? Yeah, go All for right. it. So yeah. they get upset that they're going to send Katniss into the child murder ring because she's oh, pregnant. Because she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The like, only children the they care about. That, yeah, remember the fact that she's a child and you go don't let somebody the... murder her or have her <laughs> murder other children? She was Why going into the child murder <laughs> ring. <laughs> I also, did you guys, I think one of the best adaptations of like a book bringing out the best adaptation could be was Greta Gerwig's Little Women. I have not read Little Women and I did not see Greta Gerwig. Um, I love it. Um, I think I, I have a fondness for the Winona Ryder, Christian Bale one because I feel like that's the one I grew up with and every generation gets their own little one. But I, I, I think with like this one... Sounds like a baby one, movie to me. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with this one is so... This one was so genius because it's like that one already exists. Mm-hmm. So this one is almost like in conversation with that one and I think it adds and continues mm-hmm. the cultural conversation. Yeah. No, I yeah. think the ending of the Greta Gerwig one is beautiful um and really really uh, i think it had a purpose to it you know and it felt like i was talking about with clueless i oh i had another one that i just thought of um murder the sydney lumet murder on the orient express from the 70s oh, oh you I were gonna say that murder that she wrote and i was like what <laughs> well i just grew up like reading a lot of agatha christie i was really into it and so i watched all of these movies when i was a kid and like the new murder in the Orient express is very bad but the Sydney Lumet one is there's some kind of magic in that movie that just makes it so exciting, even if you know the end, which is a like big twist <laughs> at the end. Uh, man, I highly recommend it if you can find it. Oh, we just watched it recently. That's what made me think of it. Watch it. That seems also like a cozy like fall winter movie. It's very cozy. Yeah. M- murder that one. <laughs> <laughs> in the 70s it has like so many stars in it wait let me find it it I'm has Lauren McCall right Ingrid Bergman Albert Finney Jacqueline Bissett Sean Connery Anthony Perkins Vanessa Redgrave it's like it, yeah Oh, I oh, saw wait, the I, new one in theaters, and it was oh bad, oh bad, <laughs> bad, so bad. So here's the thing I have to say about the new one: the billboards for it had a television color scheme, and that confused me. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. What yeah, do you mean? Okay, I don't know so what that means. so billboards I've noticed for television shows tend to have specific colors that show up more often and like more stylistic things that are like this is tv and it's like very like blue like think of the euphoria um, oh yeah, ads. yeah like that's very television and the murder on the orient express ads look like tv ads and i was very confused when i found out it was a movie because it just looked like a tv show based on the ads okay okay i'm I'm that might pull. be a me thing. That might be like my little <laughs> Rain Man moment where I'm like, yeah, this looks like TV. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I don't, Karama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw one more adaptation out there that I think like does that smart thing of like not trying to be literal with the text, but like have like a take on it. Um, it just came out. So I actually saw it because I went to like a drive-in. It came out in England. 
It's um, a David Copperfield adaptation. Oh, yeah, uh, Dev Patel's in it. With Dev Patel. Oh, is that written good? By, I love Dev so Patel. So good. I loved it. So it was written by Armando Yanucci, who did oh, like Beep and The Thick of It. And Death, and Death of Song. Song. I love Death so of it, Song. It's called The Personal History of David Copperfield. And it's like no. a very true to the spirit of the book David Copperfield with like all just like British comedy actors. And I found it delightful. And I okay. think Dev Patel is so winning. Uh, and at like the ending, they do like, if you've read the book, they do a thing that is like very smart, sort of in like a little women way. But overall, it's just like, it's a rump. A rump. It's a rump. Okay. A British rump. <laughs> British rump. See it if you can is my recommendation. All right. I'm just going to share my screen for a second because I feel like I need to vindicate myself. <laughs> um, all right. So look at this Riverdale <laughs> advertisement. Right. Yeah, 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 a TV show. TV, TV show. show. TV. Euphoria. Less than still more yeah. like prestige. Okay. Prestige TV. Look at Bates Motel. Also yeah. television. Also TV. TV. And now I want you to look at Murder on the Orient Express, the feature film. Oh, yeah. from oh, it's TV. Oh, TV. Yes, I see what you're like saying TV. now. <laughs> I get it. Looks exactly it looks like, like Bates Motel. See, that screen share was just three TV posters in a row, and then I didn't see a spread of data. That was two. That was two. <laughs> also, Karama, how did you think of those shows? Like, you came came up with three shows to look at. I, yes, this is my Rain similar. Man moment. Okay. I just. <laughs> it was pretty I know impressive. what billboards are supposed to look like. <laughs> For various things. Well, it's kind of like how okay, I feel then, like a lot of Amazon show marketing looks like it's it's like selling insurance or something. Like yeah, it's not a show yeah, at all. I see that. I see that. Yeah. Uh, like what was that one about? Tian is like, Russian? I do not get this. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to find a, a rebuttal to it right now. <laughs> What's the Amazon can, show? Can you? I thought that show with like Fred Armisen and like maybe Maya Rudolph like holding hands looked like it was like a Life insurance ad. Oh yeah, forever. that show's actually terrific. Um, poster looks like forever. life insurance. Oh, I heard that's great. It's really, really good. Um, every episode has a very dramatic twist at the end, and um, yeah, yeah, watch it. I don't want to spoil anything about it for you, but it's worth watching. I like twists. Yeah. My favorite movie adaptation is uh, Giant by Edna Ferber, made into a This movie is a Criterion collection, made Jennifer Made into answer. a fun movie, a fun good time movie with Rock Hudson and Elizabeth Taylor and James Dean, who is- Did you watch it as a baby? Who is method acting <laughs> the way nobody else in the movie is because he is acting the way that the other people in this movie will learn how to act 10 years from now. So James Dean is dwelling on a lot of personal experience and Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson are looking beautiful and saying their lines to each other. <laughs> Meanwhile, so, James <laughs> Dean is like throwing his body against a wall. <laughs> so I've never read or seen this movie. What can you say like a oh, long yeah. line of what it's, it's about? Uh, it's fascinating. It's about a woman marrying um, a Texan man, Rock Hudson, who owns uh, acres and acres of land in Texas. And it's about the patriarchy failing and it being completely fine. Um, he, uh, if you wanted to do like Gone with the Wind, but with progressive politics, it is a three hour movie with beautiful costumes and like a lot of grasping of faces. Wait, I just and want to address Gone with the Wind with progressive politics. Is that possible? Is, is um, that? Yes. 
Uh, yeah, because a lot of it has to do with the fact that Rock Hudson is, is racist at the beginning of the movie and learns to slavery? be much less racist. Is, oh, no, is there no, slavery? No, okay. no, no. It's 1920s to 1950s. Okay. Um, but no, there's a very heavy message on the movie that the best people are the Hispanic people working the ranch and uh, and they are being incredibly unfair to them. It's and for like a 1950s movie, that's a really good <laughs> message for people to have. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, uh, the whole fear is that Rock Hudson will lose like his masculine power and his ranch. And by the end of the movie, like one of his children has become a doctor for lower income families and his daughter has gone off to LA to be a movie star and uh, she's a big weirdo and it's great. And, um, and Brock Hudson has this half Hispanic grandchild now and it's all okay. And everybody's happy. He sells the ranch and they move to a normal house. It's called Giant? It's called Giant, yeah. Yeah, I like that he sells the ranch. I can't remember if they sell the ranch or not. I know that somebody, like, makes a big offer for the ranch and they're going to sell it. And, um, and yeah, all of these masculine fears that kind of define the movie and that Elizabeth Taylor fights against for most of the movie wow. end up not really being things that were worth fearing. And it's nice. And I love it. So, yeah. Good wreck. Good I'm going to check it out. Yeah. It's also uh, very old. It's not perfect. Like, okay. don't expect it to be perfect by 2020. Does the poster look like a movie or TV, Jen? Oh, it looks very much like a movie, Karama. As a, as a kid, my, like, first sort of taste for adaptations was Roald Dahl movies. And I, oh, yeah. I loved... I, I didn't love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but I loved the Matilda. Weird as shit. Oh, I love Matilda. <laughs> Matilda. Oh, Matilda for me. Matilda's great. Yeah, as a kid, Matilda's I was like, well, great. this is one of my favorite books. And mm-hmm. then the movie, I was like, this is this is such a wonderful, like, it's so funny. Danny DeVito and who is? Mara um, Wilson? Oh, Rhea Perlman? Mar- Rhea Perlman. Yes. Oh, so funny. Mm-hmm. So funny. And also, like, Miss Honey. Uh, oh, and her cottage, her beautiful cottage with all the flowers. Every Just, time I like wear glasses, I try to think that I look like Miss Honey, and I absolutely do not. <laughs> <laughs> She's perfect. I, also, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a very good adaptation. Really the Wes good. Anderson adaptation is very lovely. I think those and, tend those like lend themselves to good adaptations because yeah. they lend themselves to strong filmmakers with strong visions, you know. And mm-hmm. they're also so visual. Like he had those yeah. illustrations by mm-hmm. Quentin Blake that were always like really fun visual images that communicate well to screen. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a good one, Dan. I know. I'm just thinking about youth. No. I, I want to talk movies. about like what makes a good adaptation because Tian, you brought up uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which has a couple of adaptations. Mm-hmm. I would say I don't know. I kind of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory mm-hmm. as a film better than mm-hmm. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. just because it feels like it's more leaning toward the book as to- as opposed to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which leans more toward a Tim Burton aesthetic, which is fine, mm-hmm. except that he doesn't like black people. Uh, but you know. <laughs> That's he yeah. said. Black people don't fit his aesthetic. Just in what? case anybody was unaware. Wait, of Tim Burton said that. Yeah, yeah. Oh but also, yeah. I mean, 
kind of seems like he doesn't have black people in it. Oh, I thought you were saying, yeah, black people don't use aesthetics. Oh, I've just decided to, like, bring up some terrible views I had (laughs) on our last podcast. I was just running through Tim Bruden movies and realizing, oh, yeah, Yeah, he he does not cast black people. No, he doesn't. A thing that black people have noticed for a long time, especially black people like myself, love Tim Burton. And he cast the palest white people. Yeah. He does have the, the whitest white, white people the in the whitest world. whitest white people. He's like, if I get white people, they're going to be white. None of yeah. that tan nonsense. Literally <laughs> painted white. <laughs> um, but uh, Charlie the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the book, initially, Charlie was supposed to be black, which I think is really yes. interesting. Oh, yeah. I like and that. Which also, in the book, the Oompa Loompas are black. Oh, uh, I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that. No. They're, they just are slaves. They're just yeah. slaves who get paid in chocolate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to also say Roald Dahl had very bad politics oh, and also he's not hated, great. No, hated he's not. Jews. He's not great. On the record, hated Jews. I don't think he liked yeah. anyone, honestly. But um, he, he, he literally said... He vaccinated because he had a child die of measles. Uh, well, okay. good, but he also he did. On that, but he f- he fought. You know, he fought in World War II for the British, which like okay, thank you, right side. But then he said, uh, he's like, well, you know, I hate Hitler as much as everyone, but you know, you gotta something with the Jews. If even a stinker like Hitler hates, the, even a stinker like Hitler hates them, so it must be something that is about the wrong them. Logic, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to get the exact quote. Okay. That literally uh, is the wrong logic, wrong. though. Like, oh. if Hitler's a stinker, then why are you like, but he's got he's got the right idea on this one group of people. All right. Do you want a uh, really bad quote? Yeah. Said, yeah. Lay it on quote, us. <laughs> end the podcast uh, on this. End the podcast <laughs> on this. He goes, there is a trait in the Jewish character that does provoke animosity. Maybe it's a lack of generosity towards non-Jews. Oh I mean, there's always a reason why anti-anything crops up anywhere. Even a stinker like Hitler didn't just pick on them for no reason. Oh, my God. I, well, I mean, oh. if you and I were in a line moving towards what we knew were gas chambers, I'd rather have a go taking out one of the guards with me. But the Jews were submissive. That. Holy. Okay. Whoa. Well, not great. Not great. Okay, sorry I brought him up. <laughs> no, I love Roldell, and I grew up like reading all of his books, and I also think that a theme on this podcast that we've had to reckon with is like books that we love by people who are not great, yeah. and like how yeah. to because like I am Jewish, and I read that, and I'm like that's awful, but it's not gonna undo like me being nine and like reading Matilda and loving it. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's like with J.K. Rowling. It's yeah. you know you read those. We read those books before we knew what her views are. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to unlove those books. You and know, you cannot movies. support her, but it's, it's so complicated when you are already a fan of something. I'm going to be real honest. I only like one Harry Potter movie. Which, one which movie? One. Is it the Preserve third? Preserve Azkaban. Yeah. It's the yeah. best one. It's the best one. <laughs> It's the best. It's the best one. Alfonso, Alfonso oh, Cuarón knows how to make yeah. a amazing yeah. also, movie. Also, I went on he my first it. date on that movie. Oh, that's oh, cute. cute. I don't know if he would say it was a date, but I say it was a date. No, so. it's a date. Yeah. It's a date. You went to see a movie. It's a date. It's a date, yeah. You know what? You know what movie I went to see on my first date? And it was, uh, and I got my first kiss afterward, and it was oh, also an adaptation. Well. Uh, the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Oh, my oh, God. Wait, that I was do your know first that. Yeah. date. <laughs> 
Whoa. Neither of us. It was like in our town, there was like an art theater and it really like only played like one or two movies at a time. And so like neither of us like really knew what we were going into. There there wasn't like a wide variety of movies playing. For listeners at home, you're unfamiliar with the boy in the the mood enough (laughs) you could not kiss afterwards. Afterwards, (laughs) we were like, you drove me home. For listeners at home who don't know what the boy in the striped pajamas is about, it's about the Holocaust. So real, real cheery Holocaust film. I'm a Jewish person. That's not like you still, but you still kissed. You still kissed. You did. We bonded over it. We went through it together and made it up the other. Other side yeah. was he also Jewish? Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes it a little that better. Be- <laughs> <laughs> we didn't like make out during the movie. We watched it's the movie. It's weird. <laughs> and then like sat with it for a while, and then he kissed me afterward. My first day was also an adaptation. It was the haunting of Hill House, which um, oh, the black and white a- movie from the sixties. <laughs> No, Karama, I'm not 100 years old. <laughs> no, the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones, where she wears uh, thigh-high boots, and I thought it was the coolest thing I had ever seen it up. as a 12-year-old. Jen, I didn't mean that you went and saw it the week it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was real. You do seem like the type of teenager who would have gone to see like a, a revival. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, yeah, 100%. I, everybody like here went to see revivals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. no. I thought, <laughs> yeah. Like in theaters, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing E.T. in theaters when I was a kid because. No, I went and saw Slumdog Millionaire the weekend it came out, and I was like, that's good shit. And that's the type <laughs> of teenager I was. <laughs> no, I love Slumdog I mean, Millionaire. To me, it's a fun movie. It's a I, I Dev on, Patel, guys. I went Dev on a Patel's date. Great. I mean, it was yeah. not a date. I was like 10, but it was, uh, I thought it was a date. Uh, and it was for Romeo and Juliet, the Leonardo DiCaprio one. Romeo plus, plus Juliet. Juliet. I thought mean, you were going to say Romeo and Juliet. Which is also a great adaptation, <laughs> I would I would argue. But yeah. it was with uh, this boy that at the time he was, he was just like become every girl's girlfriend for like a week in school, but he was gay and none of us knew that except our parents. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> we, uh, we, we both watched it and I feel like we both fell in love with Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. As one does. And I, and I was very upset that he didn't kiss me afterward, but I was Aww. also like 10, so it's probably yeah. fine. Wait, <laughs> your parents let you go alone with a boy like, to a movie? I think that we, they sat in the, I think my, his parents sat in the back. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Pretty racist. My, my first day was in six, my sixth grade boyfriend. Uh, we went and saw Rugrats movie, which is like <laughs> so dorky and so it's a baby dirty. Movie. A baby movie. We my first date was a baby movie. A literal An actual baby, baby movie. movie. Um, I think I think that Romeo plus Juliet gives a good. I think like what makes a good adaptation for me that like adds to the text is like a style element mm-hmm. that like yeah. someone is bringing something to it that's not literal like. If you guys saw the stop motion animated Coraline, oh yes, yes. so like scary. I, I love the book and the movie is really good because I feel like it like adds a new mm-hmm. like visual twist to it. Like yeah, I, fantastic. Back Mr. to Fox Romeo plus to. Juliet. Something that I really like about that adaptation is somewhere where I think it technically diverges from the text, but actually mm-hmm. adds a lot. 
uh, at the end. If you have not seen or read Romeo and Juliet, I'm going to ruin it. Read it. I don't. You know no they die. Ryan doesn't know. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. 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 There's a prologue. Yes, there is a prologue. Uh, but uh, there's the moment where Romeo has taken his like little poisony poison. Because he's like, oh, sad, my girl's dead. And uh, it's at, you know, 1600s. Oh, my girl if it's dead. Um, <laughs> and then Juliet wakes up. In the text, she technically wakes up after he's already dead. But in this, they have a moment where they're together. Before, um, where yeah. he knows he's going to die. He takes it right as she's waking up. So she saw him take the poison. She's like, oh, shit. And he's like, oh, shit. And then they have that moment. And then she uses her dagger, which in that stylistic, stylized version with Baz Luhrmann, whose movies I generally don't like because they make me physically nauseated. Um, like, just the zooming and physically, actually. A lot of zooming. A lot of, lot of um, whooshing. A lot of zooming. Then she, like, uses the, the gun, which is called a dagger, to kill herself. And I think that's a really interesting mm-hmm. choice to have them have that moment together where they both know that he's going to die. Yeah. Wait, he dies and at John- the end? <laughs> <laughs> and also, okay, jokes. John Leguizamo is great in that movie. And who was yes. the actor that played, um, what's what's his name? Mercutio. Mercutio? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember so his name, good. but I knew exactly who he's you were talking fun. about because he's great. He was in Lost, right? I yes, never yes Lost. he was in I Lost. Lost. I never mm-hmm. saw Lost um, either. Well, I feel like that isn't, you can't get any more classic yeah. than Shakespeare. Uh, overall, for me, this has just been a delight. Thank you to the listeners who have joined us on this journey. And thank you truly to all of you who, you know, came on this adventure. It's been a highlight of my quarantine. Me it has been such a joy. Just yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, so find us on social media. Listen to things that we make in the future. And I can't wait till I can smush your faces in person. Mm-hmm. Breathe <laughs> right smush. into your mouth. Smush. <laughs> All right, everyone, uh, stay safe out there and uh, keep reading. Is that a good send off? Is that yeah, our send off? Yeah. Keep reading. I love so that. Nice. Keep yeah, reading. All right. <laughs> keep reading so you can be smug when the adaptation comes out and you can say, <laughs> the book was better. Yes. That's perfect. Important. Yeah. That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dana Schwartz, and you can find me on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Zs. You can follow Jennifer Wright at Jen Ashley Wright. Karama Dankwa is at Karama Drama. Melissa Hunter is at Melissa FTW. And Tian Tran is smart enough to have gotten off Twitter, but she is on Insta at Hank Tina. Our executive producer is Christopher Hesiotis, and we're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to David Wasserman. Popcorn Book Club is a production of iHeartRadio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.